0: The year is drawing to an end. It is December 15th. This is Heidi Hatch with KUTV 2 News. Greg Hughes, as usual, is out gallivanting across the state doing yeah. something. And so we're filling his chair today with Representative Tyler Clancy. Thanks so much for being here with us today.
1: Thank you, Heidi. I hope n- too many people don't stop listening right now. Oh, no, so. they're oh, here no. for it. <laughs> they just got excited.
0: They settled. They were like, yes. no, Greg. What? And Mara Carabello <laughs> here as always. So this is kind of fun because usually it's like three old people in a room talking <laughs> old people stuff. So and
1: now it's three young people. Yeah, now you brought the
0: average age of us all down, so we'll be all young and hip. So thanks for being here. For people who don't know you, give us uh, a quick synopsis of who you are and what you're up to.
1: Yeah, like I said, not as exciting as maybe our other guests, but um, as you said, I, I represent House District 60, um, which is in Provo in the state legislature. Um, I am a Republican, uh, and I'm a police officer in my day job. I work for Provo City Police Department, so never a dull moment, whether it's the legislature or law enforcement, so I'm a glutton for excitement, I guess.
0: I always ask people how they pull it off with their job, because I think my job would never give me a month or two or three off to go be a legislator. How does that work when you get a job and you tell your boss, oh, there's this session I'm going to be skipping out (laughs) on?
1: Well, I asked, you know, I asked permission first, but no, the Provo City administration has been really great to work with, and I go on unpaid leave, so basically they just say, you can come back to your job, and that's that's the agreement we have after the session.
2: That's nice. That's that a is, good way to deal with it. Yeah. I mean, it's not nice for you and your <laughs> home income. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that is terrific. I don't know if people realize how much time it takes um, to serve. Because it's not just the 45 days. There's interim every month. But then... You, people call you. People and- call you all the time, and you get involved in life stories, which I think is the cool part about it, being representative. But it also is a major, major weight on people's personal time and even, like, their social structure. So good on you're both a police officer and a representative. You are a glutton. And you're young. People.
0: Are you 26 or 27? 26.
2: 26. So. How do you feel about us all focusing on your age? I know. Well, <laughs> it's fun to be, I like, young and cool. But It like- is fun to be young and cool. And then at one point you're like, hey, listen, I'm a fully developed (laughs) brain model, old person.
1: Well, um, when I started my first session, I was 25. And by the end of it, I was like 41. In (laughs) in, uh, stress. In dog years. My hair. And so, yeah.
0: What made you want to get into politics? Because we're at a point in our country where we're trying to find... I call them kids because I can have kids your age. That's hilarious. You're like, get me out of here. But we're trying to get younger people, whether they're in their teens or their 20s, to get out, get voting, and get involved. And you not only vote and get involved, but uh, you have a grown-up job. You have a grown-up second job at the legislature. And you're um, dealing with changing laws in the state. So what made you get into that at such a young age?
1: You know, I think it's, it's something that everyone goes through um, as they're growing up is understand you might think that politics or government is siloed. Say, well, I care about homelessness. I don't really care about politics. Or I care about public safety. I don't really care about law enforcement. But um, whenever that day comes and you realize that there is a nexus with all of the issues that you care about, you either, you know, you're on the table or you're on the menu. And so I thought to myself when the opportunity arose, um, let's uh, let's jump in and see if we can make an impact.
0: Awesome. I love
2: so it. We published the Ledge Guide. I say that as a precursor to say I'm not stalking Representative Clancy, but uh, and get yourself a ledge slide. They're the this, best, though. Yeah, they're they're great. <laughs> if this is wrong, you can correct me, but don't really because it's a good stat either way. Just like <laughs> not, um, I if I remember right, sixty something, sixty four percent of your district is eighteen to twenty four. So that is also so one thing I went because it has the college campus. Yeah, around but it? I used to do a ton, ton of campaigns, and one time we went through the brain damage of taking. Um, well certainly every congressional district but it was something like 80 percent of all elected districts um, in the house and senate could be determined by the college campuses if the people going to those colleges voted i mean it is enormous power that folks under between 18 and let's give it to 30 um, in your case i think it is 24 is the stat in your district but if if Groups who feel disenfranchised would activate. I mean, I know that's a little bit of a civics rec- uh, like lecture there. But when we look at your service, I mean, you are in the sweet spot of representing actually your peer group. I mean, those who are in the demographic are, are your age. I think that's cool. That is cool.
0: Do you find I don't that think when you, that's true in yeah, my district. When you honest. go talk yeah. to people, um, let's say around the college campuses, do they change their voter registration to where they're going to school? Or do they have it? So their mom sends in their ballot and votes to wherever their home is with their parents.
1: It all depends, I think, um, how engaged they are. Yeah. Um, people who are engaged, they want to bloom where they're planted. If they've, mo- you know, moved here from Cache County to Provo or wherever it might be, that um, people who are engaged realize the power of a vote. We just had a uh, municipal elections, and some of those elections were um, about a two hundred something vote margin. So if you think your apartment complex, you know, it has five hundred people in it um, that has an impact. And so I think really it's more of a, to, to Mara's point, it's education is you can make a difference. You can register. Here's what you have to do and, uh, go out and vote.
2: So can I keep, can I yeah. ask you one more question? I like <laughs> deep thoughts by Mara. Well, this isn't deep. <laughs> are weren't you, are you originally from the South? Yeah. My so what's, what's up with not having an accent?
1: <laughs> well, my dad was in the military. <laughs> oh, so
2: okay. So the South Carolina was
1: <laughs> that's, a yeah, stop
2: right. on the way. <laughs>
1: Yeah. He got into law enforcement after the oh. military. And, um, I don't know, both of my parents are originally from New York, um, moved all, they moved all over with the military and then, you know, raised a family in South Carolina. But I always knew, um, as Brigham Young said, this is the place. Wow. <laughs> so, so, you- so did
0: you come here for school or how did you, cause your family didn't move here, right?
1: We we've had lots of family and friends out here. And so we, we would come out quite often, probably every, every summer, sometimes for the holidays. And then eventually I came out here to play lacrosse at BYU. I know Mara has Yay, a lacrosse. <laughs> connection with lacrosse. And so, um, and then same thing, just bloom where you planted. I knew this was uh, where I wanted to grow up and raise a family.
0: Awesome. I do love the South, though. When I think about retiring, I'm like, I'm going to go to the South. So yeah, I feel like you're I feel like you're beach bound, yeah. ocean bound. I, <laughs> I need ocean and warmth. <laughs> Although this winter so far has not been that bad, and I guess I shouldn't say yeah, winter because this is wood. the last yeah. official week of fall. So right. we'll enjoy it, and we'll get into the holidays. But first, we got to talk um, some tough topics and what's going on this week. We're going to get to Lieutenant Ridge Alconus, uh, Biden's impeachment inquiry. And uh, Utah A.G. Sean Reyes keeps making news. So we're going to get to a few different issues, but I want to start with kind of the grassroots effort of trying to get Lieutenant Ridge Alconis, if you haven't heard his story, released from a Japanese prison. Uh, He's been um, in prison for, I think, 508 days at this point. He has a three-year sentence he's serving. Uh, His doctors believe that he had altitude sickness, passed out at the wheel of his car um, while he was serving in Japan in the military. He was driving with his family after a hike unfortunately a couple people died he has paid restitution i think in the millions of dollars which is customary in japan but his family's been fighting to get him back home because they no longer live on base um I think they felt largely abandoned by the military. Mara, I'm going to start with you. I know you've been super involved, but Mara, um, when you watch this, there's been kind of a grassroots campaign largely here in Utah uh, trying to get the government to pay attention to his case and talk about whether uh, his sentence was fair or not. What do you think when you see how this has worked out?
2: I'm... I'm of two minds with this, so I'm going to give you a really bifurcated answer on it. One is just like a... Great example and of dedication and um, of really tenacity for particularly his wife and his family. Yeah. So you have to look at the fight that they fought, which I think is what like the best version of your family coming and showing up for you. So I'm really conscious to like really applaud the effort that she did, really relate to fighting for someone you love in the circumstances and and the in the unfairness that she felt like they were subject to. And um, and really staying at it when no one was paying attention, staying at it long enough that some people started to pay attention, staying at it long enough that then important people or people who were in positions with microphones could help her. And so the path that they took, I also want to give a shout out to the representatives uh, like Mike Lee and like Tyler, who heard the call and brought their voices to advocate for him. So that's one part, and I feel very genuinely about that. The other part is one of Americanism, in which I'm saying, you know, Japan has the right to have their laws just like we have our rights. They stayed within their laws. It was an extraordinary punishment. Actually, they're very, I mean, we know in the United States, dependent and variable manslaughter, meaning someone had an accident and didn't mean to kill someone. We lock people up for that, depending. I mean, there's variations yeah. in that. So I wouldn't call it cruel and unusual. It's an American law, too, to say even an unintended an accidental death is a death nonetheless. and. And there are good people who have had accidents and still have to pay for it. And it is not ours. I think it is so fundamental to being a good international player to respect the laws of the land that you're in. Whether you're in the military or not, I think, is not of regard for me. And um, I know he's asserting that he has an accident. He also admitted to guilt. I know there was... as someone who also lives with a law enforcement officer, I mean, I know the admission of guilt is not always an admission of guilt. It's sometimes navigating the process. But nonetheless, it sort of went into the official record. Um, So I'm mixed on sometimes the action of America thinking that they're an exception to other rules, that there's somehow something special about us and we should be treated special. I think that Japan has, you know, a history. We, we have dominated. I mean, as we know, since World War II, we put a pretty heavy hand on it. We were pretty – I mean, we still are incredibly involved in the Japanese legal structure. So I want to give my sort of – my balance to good fight by his family is there, there seemed to be a sense of American entitlement in some of our messages in which we were like, how dare you – Put your laws on us. I I will say it's markedly different in my mind than like a Britney Griner situation where this is just a... Russia has no credibility. I think Japan has credibility. I think they followed their rules. I think they followed their laws. I think it wasn't cruel and unusual. So I'm both sides. I'm like hats off to this family for fighting the fight that was personal. And if it were my family member, I hope I would have the courage to do what she did. But I also... I recoil a little bit when Americans get too declarative
0: on a system that deserves a little bit of respect and reciprocity from Americans. And Taylor, I know you've been involved. I don't know how involved with the family and making sure this happens. When I look at the comments online and listen and talk to people about this, I think people can... As Mara said, see both sides where they say, Mm -hmm. you know, if it were my family member who died, I can understand that I would want the person to um, serve some time, whether they meant to or not, you know, if it was an accident, a life was still lost and then there's others who say you know uh, he's had a lot of solitary confinement Uh, he's got a lot longer term than you would get if you were here in the U.S. but again he was on Japanese soil so tell me where you stand and how you've talked to the family and work with them on this because this isn't over technically for them they have possibly still till the end of this three-year
1: term. Absolutely and I just want to say you know I appreciate that very, very balanced answer. It's not all of these issues are very complicated and sometimes it is hard to have that scalpel like approach. I'll I'll push back a little bit on the kind of there's two pieces, I think, of the puzzle when we talk about Lieutenant Ridge Alconis case. One is the actual case itself and some of the details um, that evolved, you know, as we learned more about the case. One was that. Um, he did have, um, uh, and, and Navy doctors have confirmed that he did have a medical episode. He was taken without medical attention and brought right to the police station for several days without receiving medical attention. And then ultimately was, was being interviewed and, and in, interrogated by police. Certain things I think, which connects to the broader question, which is our status of forces agreement with not just Japan, but with all of our countries, I think a challenge or something that, uh, lieutenant alconis's case brought to the forefront is what kind of constitutional protections do our service members the the brave women and men who who go abroad you know if we go to if they're deployed in iran or as he's mentioned in in uh, eastern europe some of these countries with different legal systems and different expectations of the law are we going to you know do your constitutional rights as an american citizen go out the window I think it's a debate that needs to be had. And I think ultimately that's what Lieutenant Alconis' case brought to the forefront is to say, where do we find that balance? So I think specifically when we talk about the family, they do not believe that he was treated fairly. Um, Some of these independent investigations have come out, as you mentioned, some solitary confinement, lack of medical care. And then ultimately, I think the biggest piece of why the family felt like this was so unjust was that um, based on this, their system of governance, they were told that basically, you know, if you pay this restitution a dramatic amount, obviously there was a loss of life in this tragic accident. And, and absolutely, we cannot minimize that. And, and I'll tell you, Lieutenant Alconis actually served his uh, religious mission in Japan and loves the Japanese people. He, His family, they sold their home. They sold pretty much every asset they had and paid this restitution. And when they were promised that that would go free he was then put on a three-year prison sentence. And so I think there's, and there's some politics at play there. And I think ultimately all of it together is why it brought so much of, as you said, Heidi, grassroots attention.
0: Yeah. And I think there's been questions too, of whether or not the military served um, their own very well too. And I come from a military background family. My dad served 20 years, and I know that oftentimes they're supporting their military members and doing the best they can. But it's not always the case. My dad served a week shy of 20 years and didn't get his retirement until a long drawn out fight with um, the we got help with one of the congressional members on so they don't always do right by um, their members so uh, I'll be watching that carefully at this point it seems like it's going to go to a probation court um, with the federal government which I guess doesn't have a long waiting list because there isn't such thing as probation on federal sentences anymore so how quickly they look Mm -hmm. at it and what they do and if there was an agreement too I haven't heard if there was an agreement when Japan handed him off to the U.S. if there was an agreement we'll hand him off and he can serve out his time on U.S. soil or you guys can look the case i don't know what those agreements are so i'll be watching that with interest and i'm sure his family um, certainly will be too especially mm-hmm. close to the holidays uh as we're moving into the holidays of course here in the um great united states we're dealing with another impeachment inquiry uh president biden uh now i guess probably is going to be looked at a little bit deeper than they have already uh the u.s house voting and all four utah reps here from utah voted in favor of moving forward. Um, On this impeachment inquiry, right now, um, from everything I understand, that there's no okay, this is proof, we've got to dig more. But, Mara, when we look at this, uh, is the impeachment inquiry foreseen if there's an issue, or should they have already had the red flag before they got into the official inquiry?
2: So this is totally political machinations, but I live in a political world, so, I mean, that's part of living in a political world. And I don't know, I mean, it is what it is. Impeachment is political these days. They say it's not supposed to be, but it seems like it is. I mean, back in the day, it wasn't. I hope we find... Those days back again. But right now we're in the midst of, no, you are, but what am I? And it's going back and forth so quickly. So without it, I mean, and it's both sides, right? So the the politics is on both sides. Um, I don't think there are many um, people who are watching, though – whether they're Republican or Democrat, and don't think this is part of political chessmanship, that there's not much merit to it. It may may not mean that they won't find anything. The one thing that we're doing right now, and I'm going to attribute this to our delegation. So one of the things that I think is interesting is if you talk to moderate Republicans on the record, they don't think there's any there there yet. Who knows about the future, but that there's no there there yet. And they're, I think, a little frustrated I think there's this great body of moderates on both parties who are so frustrated with the fringes playing these games. But the reality is when you're a team player and when you're in the game, you're often just saying, "Okay, that's the play that's being called. So what I will say is how they're splitting this vote that I've heard right now is that a moderate or a a sort of traditional conservative would tell you, yes, I am voting To continue the inquiry, which is a distinction from voting to impeach President Biden. And that they're saying, yes, I am voting right now to continue to now make official. Remember, there was a committee. Now there'll be an official effort. This comes with a little more, less restraint. You can inquire. You can ask for different records. And I am in favor of you continuing to, you know, look at President Biden. And I'm separating that from whether I will vote to impeach if... That vote even ever shows up, which is a big ish, because I think for many of us, it bears saying there is absolutely zero evidence that this inquiry should be happening. There's zero evidence that he has been involved in this. And the conflating of Hunter Biden, who, as we've decided, is a schmo, um, conflating his activities with the activities of his dad is smart politics, but it doesn't mean it's reality.
0: Okay, so before we move to you, Tyler, um, when we're talking about moderate Republicans, I'll put John Curtis in that category. His statement That came out said Today I voted for an impeachment inquiry To ensure House subpoenas Will be upheld in the court system To be clear My vote does not mean I will support impeachment I will not draw any conclusions Until the end of the investigation Owen's uh, statement on um, Also probably on the more conservative side Of Republicans Says the White House Is working overtime To impede investigations Of public corruption At the highest levels of government And the American people Are demanding answers I voted yes on today's resolution To formally open an impeachment inquiry uh, there's no smoking gun right now, Tyler, but I think a lot of people say that Hunter Biden doesn't have a lot of qualifications for the jobs he had, and he likely was influence peddling is the phrase they use. Do you believe that to be true from what you hear, or are you in the point where let's just listen and see where this goes?
1: No, I, I agree with the assessment of that. The inquiry is really just pushing further for those answers. Ultimately, the que- I think the main question in many people's mind, to your point, Heidi, is that um, you know, how did Hunter Biden make millions of dollars while his father was the vice president and the president? You know, was it a legitimate business that he was on the board of Burisma, the Ukrainian energy company, um, as, as many people agree, yeah, kind of a schmo? Um, was he selling artwork, you know, when he sold artwork for one point three million dollars? You know, what was in return for that? So I think, to and, and Representative Curtis and Representative Owens kind of hit on that piece is that the nexus isn't just Hunter Biden here in a vacuum. Is, is that what did were there strings attached with some of those jobs that you said that he clearly at most, you know, reasonable people can say dramatically underqualified to be, you know, in these different roles that are making millions of dollars a year. Were there strings attached? And those question marks kind of loom large. So I think the inquiry is going to be good moving forward to get those answers and get that clarification.
2: Okay, okay so can I – on behalf of the entire Republican Party, I so if we are concerned – as an elected body about nepotism and I'll define nepotism nepotism is not that you work with someone who you're related to nepotism is that the guy you're related to is an idiot and shouldn't have the job right which is the which is the assertion of Hunter Biden so fair enough on Hunter Biden but if we're concerned about that I really think that the entire congress needs a colonoscopy at that point because and and I'm going to yeah. I'm going to even yeah. say that to the house the 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 Utah house the amount of sons who are working on behalf and the amount of siblings and related people who are in the political ecosystem, if we really are earnest, and again, I would stipulate it's not an earnest activity, it's a political activity, but if we're really earnest about it, then then our system, I mean, our system, since the founding fathers has been weighted down by the notion of is it who you know or is it what you know?
1: Well, listen, I can only imagine that you have thousands of Republicans nodding their heads at what you just said. And I I really don't think that's a political issue. So many people have been frustrated, um, whether it's kind of the grassroots left or that grassroots right, and there's lots of different names and bubbles and Venn diagrams we could put in. So many people are frustrated by the seeming revolving door between, you know, Congress and lobbying firms in K Street. And so I think the more that we as Americans can do to, you know, Senator uh, Ed Muskie from Maine many years ago said, um, Sunlight is the best disinfectant, and I couldn't agree more when it comes to that, um, that piece.
2: But the House is controlled by the, the Republicans. The Senate controlled by the Democrats. The, the Senate actually hasn't had an appetite for an impeachment inquiry, right. and the House has. And so it would be great to see our delegation, who seems
0: to be interested in exploring nepotism, to really explore it in a meaningful way. I would just like to see our next president of the United States not have adult children that we have to deal with this. Because the last couple presidents, we're only electing bachelors, either bachelors or somebody young who has young children. So, like if they're influence peddling, it's in kindergarten and maybe trading right. their sandwich hey, from for the hey, can White you House say, chef. Can you say Obamas? Right, those girls, they had young girls. They yeah. weren't.
2: They they maybe they were selling lemonade on the side and making bank. I don't yeah. know, but could be they were too young. They were getting it from Amy the White Carter, House chef, The good back stuff. Back in the day, yeah, I think she was pretty clean.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. So it seems like simpler times when there was younger kids and no adult children involved. So I think simpler times could apply in general, man, like, to everything. I was Uh, I long for those. Well, the worst. (laughs) Christmas wishes may come true. Right, I was going to say. Tyler, you first on this one. Uh, The Utah Attorney General, um, Sean Reyes, uh, he has been under the microscope because of his relationship with Tim Ballard of OUR. It seems like Tim Ballard um, starting his efforts with OUR happened at the same time that Utah AG Sean Reyes came into office. And so uh, what may have started out as, May or may not, I guess. It was probably just a normal relationship where it was something he was interested in. Who knows what's happened after that, whether there were any issues. But now there's questions of whether or not he should give up his calendar. And his office right now is arguing that it's personal. He doesn't have one that's actually for his government job. But uh, right now, I believe the Deseret News and the Tribune have both sued. And I think that other news stations have added their names to that list, saying that if if it's his schedule that's kind of controlling where he goes who he meets with um, as the attorney general and maybe even outside of that 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 should be part of the public purview uh, what do you think about that
1: well let me preface this Heidi, by saying i am a i'm a country mile from a legal expert but the way that i've read the code that it, never stops I was us here. Say, that yeah, is not, that <laughs> is not a factor at <laughs> in <interest> this yeah. podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah then comes the but you know but the way i've read the code it does seem pretty clear that there is a grandma exception to daily calendars. I think in the attorney general's case, it probably makes sense for many events, meeting with certain victims. You don't want to expose someone um, to, you know, if there's pending litigation or things like that or whatever that might be. However, I think going back to the, you know, the sunshine is the best disinfectant. I think if I was an advisor to attorney general Reyes, I would say, you know, let's do everything we can without exposing victims or pending litigation, let's do everything we can to rebuild that trust that, uh, I think clearly many people feel has, is compromised.
0: Yeah. I was talking to someone recently who, um, was close to the attorney general's office and they're doing a lot of great work behind the scenes of what isn't what everyone's focusing on. I mean, they do good work every day. And I think there's a frustration in his case or other cases that if you run, that you'll be chased. It's like the, what wild animals do if you run then the the jaguar will chase you mara is this a time to not run open the books and hand them over or does he have a right to keep that private he has a right to keep it
2: private i think if you're looking at the law but absolutely as a strategy i completely agree with tyler like rule number one of crisis communications is just like tell the truth Control like even even if the truth is not good news for you, mm. it is better to just own your stuff. Yeah. and say here's the deal. I think um, I think you're right though that this current atmosphere of distrust between what will the press do with it? Will they treat me fairly? Um, will they not treat me fairly? And uh, if he hasn't been keeping – if it's true he's been keeping a public-private calendar kind of mushed, there's going to be a ton of redaction that's totally fair, and it's going to be like his haircut or something. But when I look at it, I'm going to feel like it's sketchy. And so uh, he's a little bit in a PR no-win right now, and so he's in a bind. I mean, asking for this – I think, puts him in a bind. The other thing, remember, in addition to OUR, some of the criticism that this office has faced now for three attorney generals is golfing trips and fundraising trips. And so um, I think that a cynic public often attributes back in the day, I think there were more junkets than there are now. I think a lot of times uh, elected officials go places, but they're actually inside rooms for 10 hours a day and it's not so fun. But if I see that, Tyler's been to Cabo. I don't care what he says he does there. I'm like, Meh. You were totally. He just, was up yeah. to yeah. something, and paid for I have it. <laughs> so I think he's in a genuine public relations bind. If it were me advising him, I would tell him to own it and control it, uh, just by deflecting it. I think it makes him seem a little more sketch that he's hiding something right there's this intuition that if you didn't have anything to hide you'd show it to me i want to cross stitch Um, that on
0: a pillow own it and control it (laughs) yeah
2: so
1: (laughs) it's trademarked so so you can actually go to the website yeah if you'd like
2: to buy the merch we have (laughs) um no so i think he's making a a mistake in public relations but i do relate to i think he's feeling a little cornered i think he's definitely so remember he's also an attorney yeah so his reflexes are going to be mitigate legal risk and I mean, if you're mitigating legal risk, then I think this is a, a move you'd make.
0: Okay. Well, if you're thinking about New Year's resolutions for the XORO group in yes, the New Year, okay. yeah. think about merch. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. Right. I'll start crotchet, cross-stitching we, for you if I you'd can, like.
2: Can we shill it here?
0: Can I like at the end of Absolutely, sure. As long as your children aren't shilling it for you, <laughs> it has say, to be oh, you. That's right. yeah. not selling
1: art. Yeah, exactly. So. Okay, fine. fine. Yes,
0: Um. I know. So- All right. Just an idea. Just think about it. Mull it over. Um, While that's happening, uh, Utah Democrats, Mara, are calling on Reyes to resign. Would that be the right answer for him, or does he serve out his year, just um, own it and control it, as you said, and then finish up your work? Hey, good for the Utah Democrats for putting themselves in the conversation. So I'm
2: just going to give a tactical shout-out to raising your hand and saying resign. I mean, there's no merit to it. It doesn't make any sense. But for a party that needs to think of ways to insert themselves into the conversation. Look, I said your name. I'm going to yeah, exactly. I'm like, we're talking (laughs) about you. Yay. Uh, I I don't know that there's much there there to calling for his resignation right now in terms of back to the conversation we just had about Biden and impeachment. Like, could we be serious when we're asking people to leave? Like, I'm not saying Reyes should be there, but like every time anybody does something, if we're going to go to the heavy tool of resign, impeach, you know, slice their arm off. And so he I don't think a call for him to resign is that serious yet. There are no charges. There are vague allegations, yeah. but there we're so far away. I think there needs to be merit other than I don't like you and I don't like what you've done. I think we still need to be serious about process. And I think asking a, a duly elected independent official to resign is process. So Good for the Democrats for getting their
0: name in the news cycle. Yeah. A.G. So Shunrias, if you're listening to this podcast, as everyone here in the great state of Utah does, this is your official invitation. I'll sit down. We can talk. We can answer questions. And um, own it. How does it go again? I don't know. It wasn't a He's, thing.
1: I think you said own it, control it. Ooh,
0: there you go. Own it, control it. So there we go. We're going to have the conversation. Derek Brown officially put his name in the ring. Are you hearing in Republican circles other names that are thinking about running?
1: Um Well, when I signed the contract on the podcast, I said, no, (laughs) (laughs) no, um, I am, I'm confident there'll be, you know, a litany of, of candidates throwing their, their hat in the ring. Um, it's going to be very interesting. I think who the electorate, you know, kind of magnetizes to, I think there's room. I think there's a lane for kind of, uh, you know, I've heard many of these potential candidates talking about, Hey, it's a clean slate. Hey, we're focusing on the nuts and bolts of the office, things like that. So for me, I'm going to be very interested to see. You know, who the, you know, not just Republicans, but just everyone in the, in the state of Utah gets behind.
0: So uh, one thing I've also been watching this week, and I feel like as soon as this week is over with, uh, it's officially into campaign season and presidential 2024 and all things races going on. But the votes that are happening in the last couple of weeks show me very clearly, um, even in Congress, that an election's coming up. So I was watching the FISA vote, which I don't completely understand everything that they're discussing and dealing with. But I do know that people are concerned about some of the uh, FISA warrants that come there, And one of the surprises was, when you look at reaction on social media, is that Celeste Malloy uh, voted in favor, along with Mitt Romney and Blake Moore from our Utah delegation, to keep those FISA warrants in place. And I think a lot of people, when Celeste Malloy was running, thought that she was ultra-conservative, that she was President Trump in female form here in Utah. Taylor, are you surprised by her vote there or – no, because she's a new Congresswoman, and we wait and see how she feels on issues.
1: Well, um, I would say that the the larger issue at play, because I think if it was as a standalone FISA reform vote, it would be very different. But I think, you know, President Trump calls it the swamp. Uh, Senator Mike Lee calls it the firm. But really what they've described is kind of this good old boy's governance, as as Mara alluded to earlier, where you stick these very unpopular provisions, things like taxpayer-funded abortion for the military, Or this FISA reauthorization into a broad umbrella that says funding the military, and so I think that's that's what you're going to get when you have omnibus legislation. That's you know you have a broad goal that's very you know just your average person of course is going to say well absolutely we should fund the military, and so when you put these different provisions in, it puts these members of Congress in a different spot than if it was a standalone vote.
2: Yeah, I mean I think what that that's interesting about this bill is one the congress was so desperate to do one of their fundamental tasks and it's a win for both parties to fund the defense budget. Yeah. And it was it's also a bigger loss even to not fund it. So the pressure of funding the defense bill exists. And so what you saw with FISA, which I think a lot of us question, I mean, I the partisanship on this is interesting because it's not actually straight across. The notion, I mean, sort of I come from the left saying, this is akin to you inspecting my hair and having you take off my shoes, meaning I think it's just government overreach and I think it's a reason for you. They're not arresting any, any of the big fish do not get arrested through these so-called tactics that you need to take my personal information. So it's a weird, it's a weird partisanship. There's a big Venn diagram, but if you looked at it, it makes you suspect in me reading the defense bill that there's a couple of really strong powerful supporters of FISA, because this is a total wimpy kick the can. I think it was a three-month authorization. Yeah. It, it completely takes the teeth out of making it in law because I think it's incredibly controversial and no one wants it to stand alone. And you suspect that there is a powerful member that shoved it into the defense. It was powerful enough to put it in the defense bill. It was powerful enough to have it short run. I mean, you know, the compromise was that it was a short run. And you are looking at a delegation
0: in general who can't take the political hit of not passing the yeah. defense bill. Because you see Senator Mike Lee, who I think oftentimes takes his um, stance on moral issues and this was one of them that he's taken a big stand against online but then you look at Blake Moore who represents uh, Hill Air Force Base in the district up there so obviously he's going to vote um, for this military spending and I think this is like the number one thing that drives me nuts nuts about Washington DC is that we can never just vote on issues we know we have to fund something and so we shove something in that nobody likes tastes like boiled Brussels sprouts and we're like everybody's gonna eat <laughs> them that's true
2: i think this is a this is a, a corroded part of our law that if given a fair discussion on the floor i think right. you'd find rather consensus meaning and you're looking at just a couple of big operators too the other thing that is unique sometimes it cuts for him sometimes it gets against him is that in addition to be philosophically opposed um lee does not mind being an obstructionist and that can sometimes work ag- work against you i mean if you look at at the fact that we haven't been able to place military generals because we had a single obstructionist. Um, Lee's okay with with bad consequences for what he sees as a good ideal. Um, we have a congressional delegation who I believe in preponderance is more pragmatic than that. I have to say I can't be hypocritical. I like the pragmatist. I like the, the guys that will say, listen, I may have hated FISA, but I had to vote for the defense bill.
0: Yeah. Well, um... Most of us here, it's December fifteenth. Are starting to look to Christmas with just ten days away. Uh, both of you have an eye on a prize that starts four weeks from now. So you're going to go home, enjoy Christmas, and then you're going to start stretching in your legislative sweatpants. Mara, what should we be watching for as we get into the new year, and what's going to start moving and shaking on the hill? So
2: I'll start in Representative Clancy's body. He's got a new Speaker of the House. It's someone who's been around for a while, but it is brand spanking new. He, uh, Mike Schultz,
0: a friend of the program. That's Mike right. Right, he's going to bring his Wranglers on in, and his <laughs> he, fancy Wranglers, his so we decided his, you can only wear nice his, jeans. Yes, his
2: nice jeans. jeans, his dress yes. jeans, his dark wash jeans. Um, he got put in in November, so he'll be fresh on it. The reason I bring that up is that our listeners are as wonky as we are, and um, really good speakers of the house, meaning... uh, The first thing he should be doing is making sure his parliamentarian is tuned up because those who win the day, these guys, these conservatives, I'm going to say cheeky and disdainful, this group of conservative (laughs) leaders are about to pass more laws than you've ever even thought of. They're going to pile you so high with big government, you're not even going to know what to do with yourself. But. But what that requires is a mastery of the system. And so I'll be interested to see what Tyler says about, like, part of it when you're that busy is can the Speaker take House bills and get them passed in the Senate? Can they deal with the Senate about what the House wants? And then can the representatives move their bill up? There's as much art in what gets passed Um, as there is merit. I'm not suggesting through, but like just knowing the process. So one of the things I'm watching, in addition to the slew of usual things, education, Mm -hmm. water, um, they are promising that they don't have money and they're promising a tax cut. That'll be a great conversation to see too. But uh, watching how... The system works. If you haven't started watching it, it's like watching football and not knowing how the defensive line works. It's much more interesting if you understand uh,
0: which players to watch. For sure. So, uh, as you go into this and you're getting ready for the session, what's your on your number one of the to-do list of things that you want to accomplish?
1: Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I want to just say too. On Mara's last point, um, prior to the legislative the trash session- trash No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's get the back nar- to that. The narrator, <laughs> there was a finger pointed. Um No, uh, you know, talking about the FISA, I think it was ironic that when the Patriot Act first made its way through Congress, it was progressives who were saying these warrantless searches are going to be used on American citizens. So I think to your point about the Venn diagram, very interesting. Getting back to the legislative session, my number one priority is, has really just been the the two ears, one mouth rule, is listening. And um, I can tell you that as we as I make my way through my district and as i 've you know obviously barnstormed other parts of the state with different visits and town halls and events and such, um, there's really one main issue that rises to the top for my constituents, and that is that. Um, a dollar doesn't go as far as it used to. And I think we get into reasons or explanations or what it is, why. But for me, the number one issue that we, I want to focus on is making sure that working families feel supported, whether that's through expanding the child tax credit, whether that is through um, relieving some of these burdensome regulations that might impact their day-to-day life. That's going to be my number one focus. And um, obviously, I won't tip my hat to Speaker Schultz, but he, he has been on a listening tour across the state.
0: Since he's been elected, he's been listening. (laughs) Yep. Very (laughs) good. Um, Well, I'll be interested to see what happens, too. Sometimes when we go into this and you hear the bills that you think are going to be a big deal and then something else takes over that seems to be the domino from around the rest of the country, what the talking points are, and sometimes a presidential election will do that. So I will be interested (laughs) to see what happens. We'll be watching closely here. Uh, Big plans for the holidays?
1: I'm just laying low and hanging out, spending time with family, and then I'm working Christmas Eve and Christmas. So oh, hopefully I don't have an interesting... So don't
0: drink and drive. Don't fight with your family, yep. or you'll come knocking on your door. That's right.
1: You he might hear from me again. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Are you, And your daughter's coming home today? Yeah, we're
2: having a rare moment where we're staying home. We're staying in Utah for the holidays, so that'll be nice. I've got lots of family coming in, and um, it should be fun. It'll Are be you going to okay. be
1: practicing... Uh,
2: the lacrosse section, you know, she's talking about whether she's going to redo, you know, whether she's going to re-up that for the okay. spring season, and uh, so I'm sure that that'll be that'll be a little Topic part of, of it. Spring. Yeah, she's yeah. We talked about restringing already, <laughs> yeah, so <there>
0: <laughs> oh, that's fun stuff. I know my daughter flies in. I'm already looking forward to it, like a crazy mom. My daughter flies in next Friday at midnight, okay. and I'm already counting down how many mm-hmm. more sleeps till we get there. Till the oh, family fun could. begins. One yeah. more week of hard How, work. Is We're she almost here for there. A while? She'll be here for a week. Oh, that's yes. great. And then she'll probably be ready to leave her parents and go back to her own house and mm. do her own thing. Mm. Can yeah. I put
1: one more plug in? Yes. For, for Channel Two, our sponsor today.
0: Ooh, our sponsor. Yeah, <laughs> yes, good. we'll love to hear this. I'll tell you
1: that there's no one that when we talked about Lieutenant Ridge Alconis. Yeah. No one followed that story closer than Daniel Woodruff. Mm. Um, here, so a uh, big shout out to to him as well as, and that whole team is getting fun fact.
2: Daniel Woodruff for a very small time was an intern at the Xora Group. Mm. Okay. There you go. It's it like the six degrees circle. of <laughs> Daniel Woodruff. Everybody's <laughs> yeah. connected to him yeah. in some way. Every
0: podcast will yes. connect He's to awesome and he's always awesome the during Kevin the legislative session. Utah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes,
0: for sure. Well, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, thanks for bringing our average age down today and making hey, us more anytime. young and hip. That's so good. thanks so much for being here and happy holidays. Uh, give us a like, tell your friends about us and shout out quickly to some of our friends in the Netherlands and Brazil who are listening to us Look at some of our really? um, listeners. So thanks for listening across the ocean. <laughs> nice. awesome.